Thank you for tuning in. My prayer is that this message is going to be an encouragement to you personally and will cause great growth in your life. It's time to live and it's time to take this next step forward. God bless you as you listen. Hey, thank you so much, children. And I don't know, as I was over there, one, one of our uh, elementary children just came walking over to me and gave me a little glove that says, a little mitten that says, joy to the world. So I, I, I like that. I like that. So Merry Christmas. And one of the things that we want to do, we want to make sure that our children enjoy this, uh, this, uh, this Christmas season with us. In fact, it's been a tradition with us for years that on the Sunday prior to Christmas, we have our elementary children join us in the auditorium because we call this our family Christmas communion Sunday. So will you guys welcome, in fact, I'll tell you what, I just want to, I'll personally welcome all of the children who are in here today. Wave at me, kids. Wave at me. Let me know that you're here. I can see it. There you go. Good to see you guys in church today because today is going to be a fun message for you as well. Uh, I, I need for you to get your Bibles open to the book of Isaiah chapter 9. Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. We're going to look at a, at a passage in the Old Testament from the prophet Isaiah. Isaiah was a prophet who talked, uh, he, he talked ex- just a, ex- an extremely lot about Jesus, the arrival of Jesus. The book of Isaiah is one of the most precious books of the Old Testament. I absolutely love it. It's a powerful prophetic book. But, uh, but Isaiah is issuing a prophecy in chapter 9, verse 6. You're going to see this in just a moment where he prophesies of something that's going to happen hundreds of years later, which is the arrival of Jesus Christ. And I've, I've entitled today's message, Christmas Shalom. All right, Christmas shalom. Will you guys say shalom with me? Shalom. I like saying that word, shalom. Christmas shalom. Now, this message of Christmas shalom today, I'm praying that it's going to really touch your heart in a special way, but it will also help set you free. Now, if you have, uh, if you have the ability to take some notes today, write some things down, please do, because, because what I'm going to share with you is is. I'm going to take you a little bit into the Hebrew culture to understand what's actually really being said here. So in this message of Christmas Shalom, we're going to jump into this. Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. I want to read it to you right now. Take a look at it. It says, for to us, a child is born. To us, a son is given and the government will be on his shoulders. Now, I like that part right there. He's talking about baby Jesus arriving, but he's going to say, but the government is going to end up being on his shoulders. So some of y'all, you just need to quit stressing out because he is in charge of the government. He's, he's going to rule the world. And that's, that's just pretty awesome. I think we can just stick with that right there. Amen. We can go home right now. We're not going to go home yet. All right. Look at the, look at the next one. It says, but he will be called wonderful counselor. Mighty God, everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And, and we're going to focus on those words, Prince of Peace. Here you see four titles that the prophet Isaiah says he will, uh, that, that will be upon him. But he focuses on one. I'm going to focus on one, which is the fourth one, which is the one we talk about the most, which is Prince of Peace. Peace. Now, peace is, is actually an English term. You, sh- you should know that. Peace is an English term. But peace is a word that, that comes from the Hebrew term 
shalom. And that's why the term shalom is in the title for today's message. Now, now this is, shalom is actually one of the most noticeable of all Hebrew words. Children, today, as you're in here, you, you're going to get something really special. You're going to learn some words in another language. And so you can tell your friends, I can speak words in other languages. They're going to say, no, you can't. No, you can't. And they're, 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 they're going to think it's Spanish, which like everybody can do something in Spanish. Come on, we're Texans. We know that. So, but, but, uh, but you're going to say, no, I'm going to speak some words in Hebrew. So you're going to be able to say some words in Hebrew to your friends, and they're going to freak out. So today you're going to learn how to do that. Is that okay, kids? All right, I want you to do it. All right, so, so this is, these are some words in another language. Prince of Peace, the terminology is actually Sar Shalom. Now I want you to say that out loud with me. Say Sar Shalom. Sar Shalom. Now, Sar is a title. And I'm going to talk more about that a little bit later in the message. Shalom is actually a description of what the title, uh, what the title is, what the title has authority over. So when we think of shalom, there is a particular word we always associate with shalom, and that word is peace. Correct? Yeah. And most of you think yeah, shalom means peace, and 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 that's true. Shalom does mean peace. But actually, shalom means a whole lot more. I didn't ever really get this until I had a Jewish friend begin to describe it to me. It's like, it's like peace, well, yeah, but there's so much more to it than peace. Really, there is no word in the English language that, that can match up to shalom. So we kind of use peace, but it's, it's I'll just tell you, it is very, 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 uh, it's a kind of a watered down version of what shalom means. So today I'm going to use the word shalom a lot because here's what it means. Shalom means peace, but it also means completeness. It means welfare. It means health. It means success. It means prosperity. So to say that shalom only means peace is kind of like someone who says, oh yeah, we know about Fort Worth. That's the stockyards. Like, well, yeah, I mean, yeah, but like, who goes there? But, but you know, the truth is, no, Fort Worth is so much more than the stockyards. Fort Worth is downtown right? That's where we are. Fort Worth is the cultural district. Fort Worth is the speedway. I mean, think about that. Fort Worth is the Trinity River. It's the shops at Clear Fork. It's Will Rogers. It's the near south side. Fort Worth is stop six. See, all of that and more is Fort Worth. So shalom is not just peace. I mean, yeah, it's peace, but it's also completeness. It's welfare, it's health, it's success, and it's prosperity. And Jesus came to bring us that. Jesus is the prince of all of that. Prince of that, sar shalom. And so what this is, is all of those aspects of shalom, that's what Jesus rules over. And we need to get this in our hearts. Now, now we need to get this in our hearts because God really wanted to start massaging this into the hearts of his people back uh, when, the, when he took the children of, e- children of Israel out of Egypt. And in Numbers chapter number six, uh, verse 22, we're going to see a little passage. And if you're able to flip over there, that'd be great. So you can follow along with me for just a moment. But in Numbers 6, 22, the, the uh, children of Israel have been brought out of slavery, brought out of oppression, and, and they were in the wilderness. But you see, they still had their old thought patterns. I mean, come on, they have lived their whole lives being beat down, told that they were worthless, and, to, and being commanded to do every little thing that they're supposed to do, always afraid of authority, not knowing
knowing what's going to happen. So they had these mindsets that were totally backwards to the kingdom because they had lived under oppression. I'm just telling you, just pause right here for a second. Some of you, you're coming out of Egypt. You're coming out of a place where you have been under oppression, but your mindset has to adjust and has to change to what Sar Shalom actually means. And so, so God needed to change this. So he, he, in order to do this, he, got to, he had to get the people to start thinking as blessed people. He needed them to think and feel like, okay, we are blessed. So how would you do that? Well, God set it up so then told Moses to tell the priests that they were going to have to uh, recite a, a little mantra that they would say every day. So every day at the end of the day, this mantra was spoken over the thousands and thousands of people. So every day they were hearing this and it began to build their faith. They began to see what it was all about. But there's a secret word that's in the middle of this mantra and it is shalom. Now, look at this. It's in uh, Numbers chapter 6, verse 22. As the Lord said to Moses, tell Aaron and his sons, and that's the priests, that's all the people who were the priests, this is how you are to bless the Israelites. Say to them, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you shalom. They, they understood what this meant. They knew the word shalom. Like we don't, they, they did. When they heard that, they're like, he will give me shalom? So they will put my name on the Israelites and I will bless them. So his name, I like this, his name, the name of God is put on them and that name is associated with shalom and when they have that name of shalom on them, they are blessed. So they're hearing this day after day after day. Their minds begin to change. Their attitudes begin to change. They're realizing we don't have to stay stuck. We're no longer slaves, oppressed, and in fear, but we're blessed. When we do a different form of this today, we actually do the benediction based upon that same scripture. We do it at the very end of our days. So before you leave, I just want you to remember, hey, don't forget, you're blessed of God. But these, these words... Um, uh, of blessing, what they actually did is they began to prepare the hearts of the people of God for shalom to come in the form of a baby so that when shalom arrived, their hearts would be ready and prepared and, and nurtured so that they would be able to move into this new, this new world. In fact, in Luke chapter 2, this is part of the passage that my dad would always read to us, but in Luke chapter 2, verse 13, in the story of the arrival of Jesus, you know the story how the angels came and saw the shepherds and, and, uh, and the shepherds were afraid. They couldn't believe what was happening, but... Luke chapter 2, verse 13, something, is, and something very interesting is woven in here because they make an allusion back to the original prophecy of Isaiah. It says, suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace, so they would have said shalom to those on whom his favor rests. Now look at what it said there. Now, sometimes we sing a little Christmas carol all the time that says, peace on earth, goodwill to man. 
And that's a nice Christmas carol. I like that Christmas carol. But you know what? The, the whole thing of peace on earth doesn't happen until the millennium. So, so that's, that's, one, that's one kind of a misunderstanding that's there because sometimes we'll say, well, we, we sing peace on earth at Christmas. Where's the peace? So just Jesus isn't real. No, actually somebody messed up the, the song, okay? So that song is not the, actually the real, doesn't really have a good punch from the scriptures. But, but the truth is, is that it says in here, what the angel said is peace is going to come on certain people who have the favor of God. Shalom is going to come upon certain people who have the favor of God. So that means everybody doesn't get it. Do I want everybody to get it? Yeah, but you get to choose to get it. <laughs> you see, some expected, even in that culture, when they, they believed that when Jesus was arriving, that he was going to put an end to the Roman occupation. He was going to put an end to wars. He was going to cause all interpersonal strife to cease between people. And, and he was going to end all conflict and division that was happening between groups of people. But that's actually not promised until the millennium. And because it says peace, the angel said peace on him, peace on those on whom his favor rests. Here's what's beautiful about this. The shalom that God is offering is a personal shalom. It's a personal shalom. It actually defines who you are on the inside, and it comes out through your interactions. So Jesus is our personal sar shalom. Prince of Peace is sar shalom. Now, now that we understand shalom, let's take a look at that word sar. That word sar means this. It means prince, captain, ruler, commander, governor, and overseer. In Eastern Europe, there used to be these leaders of nations, and they were called czars. Remember? That's where this comes from. It comes from the Hebrew language. I love having children in church. Man, we hear them all through the building. This is great today. And, they, and I'll just let you know that doesn't bother me. I, I, I love children. So, the, this, the, czar, the, the, the word Tsar, that actually, some of you, you know your history, you know about the Tsars in, in Eastern Europe, that comes from that term. Do you know that we use this term today in today's culture? Now, now in the culture that, in the Western Europe, European culture, there's a term called Sir, Sir this and Sir that, and that's actually a, a term of, of not only respect, but of, but of uh, authority, uh, governance. But in our culture, we're Texans, it's yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So we're, we're speaking blessing on another person and giving them position. Yes, sir. Sir, sir. So, so look at this. This word, sar, that means prince, captain, ruler, commander, governor, overseer, and it's still a, a variation of that. It's still used in our culture today. So when you put sar with shalom, and shalom meaning peace, completeness, welfare, health, success, and prosperity, you can put those together and you're going to come up with all kinds of things because you can come up with, he is the captain of my prosperity. He is the ruler of my completeness. And when you begin to put those two together, there is so much that God is See, the presence of Sar Shalom in your life actually releases inexplicable blessing if you're willing to walk in it. Okay, now, where, what are you walking through right now? Well, maybe it's sickness or fear, failure, weakness, defeat, emptiness. You might be there right now, but I want you to know, because Jesus came, Jesus is above it all. You need to know how your sar shalom actually works. 
Here's how it works. A few minutes ago, LaVonda, one of our elders, was up here praying a prayer. And she prayed, a part of her prayer was, it struck me, as soon as she started saying that, I'm saying, why do the people who pray up front before the, the, the services, why do they steal part of my sermon like every time? So she's praying from this part of the, the Hebrew children, the Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego when they wouldn't bow down. I'm like, great, there's my sermon. She's preaching it. Stop, Levada, stop. That's my part. But she didn't know. You didn't see my notes. So, so maybe we just both heard from God, okay? But, but that's kind of interesting that we both pick that as, part of, as a part of what God wants to do today. Let me tell you what she was praying about and then explain to you how it works with Sar Shalom. You see, at that time, the Jews had been, uh, had been pushed over into this other land of Babylon. It's modern-day Iraq. And, and they were over there in Babylon. They were away from their homelands. It was mi- really a miserable existence. And the king over there, he wasn't a God-fearing king. King Nebuchadnezzar, he didn't care about God at all. In fact, he had constructed this huge, giant image. of, And this, this image that was put up there, he said, whenever you hear the music play, you guys have to bow down and worship the image. Well, there were some Hebrew people that were exiled there from, from Jerusalem. And they're like, ain't no way I'm going to be bowing down to that. Now, some of them did. Actually, it's a parent that a lot of them, no, let's just say most of them did. Most of them did. Can you imagine the peer pressure on you? It's like, just do it. Just do what they say. Do what the government says and everything's going to be just fine. Oh, I messed somebody up there. But just, <laughs> the government says, don't worship. You don't worship. All right. The government says, so we're going to do. The government's saying, worship this. We're going to do that. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they're like, <laughs> I, I want to say they said, heck no, but I don't think they said it quite like that. But it's like, there's no way. The scriptures actually are very clear as to what they said. They said, no, we're not going to do this. Well, they got reported to the governor, to the, not just the governor, but the king himself. So they were, they were called before the king. The king was very angry. And he said, listen, I'm angry, but I'm also a king with a lot of mercy. I'm going to give you one more chance. We're going to play all the instruments again. And when the instruments start playing and everybody bows down to worship the image, you are to worship the image. And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they said, uh, Mr. King, we love you. We honor you. We honor, we honor the king, but we're not going to do what you say. We worship our one true God. And he said, well, if you don't, I, I'm going to put you into this furnace full of fire. Now, who knows what they used that furnace for? They could have used it to melt down uh, different types of elements. Who knows? But, but he says, I'm going to throw you into the furnace, and you need to bow down and worship when the music sounds, or you're going to be punished. You're going to die. You're going to burn to death. How's that? And they said, well, we, we really don't care. You can threaten us with taking our lives. And, uh, and you've got to understand this. The God we serve is more powerful than that God. And, and, and even, and, and you can throw us in there, but God will deliver us. He, he's going to deliver us. And then they said this. They threw this in. I, I love it. They said, but even if he doesn't deliver us, we're still not going to bow. Like, you want to talk about some gutsy young men? These guys were probably, oh, anywhere from 16 to 22 in that age group right in there. These are some gutsy young guys. We're not going to bow. Well, the music started up again. He gave them the chance to do it, and they didn't bow down. The king was 
furious. He says, I want that, I want that furnace heated seven times hotter than normal. And they, and they took them and they bound them up in ropes and they, they, went, they threw them in. And as they were throwing them in, even the, the guards who were throwing them into the fiery furnace, they actually perished from the heat of the, of the furnace. It was so intense. And they threw them in there. Somehow, I guess you could see into this furnace. And, and, and he, he looked in there and the King Nebuchadnezzar said, called his guys together and said, didn't we throw three men in there? Did we, did, didn't we throw three men in there? And they said, yeah, we did. He goes, well, look, there's four. And one of them looks like the son of God. And they're just walking around in the fire. They're just walking around in the fire. And he said, get them out. We got to figure out what their power is. But you got to see this. They were surrounded by turmoil and chaos like none of us have ever known. Like you think things have been tough this year. Yeah, they have been. Come on, we're, we're not going to downplay that at all. But it's nothing like what these guys were facing. And even talking about government oppression, they, they, they refused to do what the government said to do, and they weren't going to worship in that way. And so Amen. their lives were, were, looked like their lives were gone. You can imagine all their friends going, well, good luck with you. <laughs> okay, all these scriptures and all these things you've been quoting all these years about how wonderful your God is, and he blesses you and takes you. Shalom, shalom, shalom. All right, see what shalom does now. Well, shalom showed up in person. This is actually called in the scriptures, this is theological. Now, if you've studied theology, you know there's something called a theophany. Theophany. A theophany is a visible manifestation of Jesus Christ before he was born. There are several times in the Old Testament when Jesus Christ appeared, he appeared in the flesh. And he appeared as a grown man in the flesh on several different occasions in the Old Testament. It's called a theophany. What happened was Jesus Christ came down and walked with them in the fire. They had shalom. They had Jesus, sar shalom, showed up. So in other words, there they are walking around and they are living exactly what they have heard all of their lives. Shalom. I have peace. They're just walking around in the fire. Can you imagine? Like, yeah, what's going on? Oh, hey, Shad, Shadrach, yeah. Meshach, man, yeah. It's, it's like somebody turned on the air conditioner here. It's a little stuffy. It's a little warm. And I, who knows what they were talking about? But, but then the, the, there's this fourth person in the fire, and it's Jesus. And I bet you they're saying, so tell us about this. Thank you for coming and rescue us. But Sar Shalom was there, which means the director and the chief and the commander of completeness and health and welfare and success and prosperity. He showed up with them in the fire and he's gonna do the same for you. This Christmas, this Christmas, to you, a child was born. To you, a son is given. And the government will be on his shoulders and he is now called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Sar Shalom, Sar Shalom. Come on, children, you, you can get this because Sar Shalom is this. Jesus is Sar Shalom. Jot these down, write these down. He is your personal prince of peace. Disorder and fear and chaos, it does not have to rule your life. Jesus is Sar Shalom. He is also your personal captain of completeness. How do you like that? There is nothing that's gonna hold. I mean, I'm telling you, hollowness and emptiness None of that has to rule your life anymore because Sar Shalom, your personal captain of completeness, is here now, and he rules and reigns in you. Jesus, Sar Shalom, he is also your personal ruler of welfare. 
That's right. Now, I'm not talking about a system set up by the U.S. government, okay? I'm talking about something that means, it means welfare. He's going to take care of it. He's going to make sure your needs are met. So that means your pessimism and your failure and your misfortune that you have faced even this year, it does not rule your life. You have a personal ruler over your welfare. And what is his name? Sar Shalom. What is his name? Sar Shalom. That's right. Jesus also. He's your Sar Shalom. He is your personal commander of health. You like that? Illness, disease, sickness, it does not have to rule your life. Sar Shalom is here. He is here. He is here. Just spent a few days with my sister-in-law, and she went through a really tough journey. She's a diabetic, and, and, uh, and she's 10 years older than me, so she's like way up there. And <laughs> she went through a really tough battle with COVID, and God brought her through. And I'm looking at her, and I just tell her, I said, you look better than I've ever seen you. You're looking great. And she gives all the glory and honor to God that God pulled her through that. But I'll tell you what, he is your personal commander of health. You don't have to allow the sickness and disease and body misfunctioning and, 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 uh, and not working correctly to rule your life. It doesn't have to. Jesus is your Sar Shalom. He's also your personal governor of success. He's your, you know, failure, defeat, disapproval, that no longer has to rule your life. Sar Shalom is the governor of your success. Jesus is that Sar Shalom, and he's also the personal overseer of your prosperity. That's what the scripture says. Again, think of the fiery furnace. It's about your wellness. It's about, so, so, so whenever you feel that you are weak, when you feel like you're, you're vulnerable and misfortune is there and all that stuff's messing with your life, no, it doesn't have to rule your life because Jesus is the personal overseer of your prosperity. Guys, there is nothing raging in this world, in this nation, in your family, or in this, in any, even in your business or, or in your private life that nobody even knows about that's too big for Sar Shalom to conquer. That's who he is. What Jesus wants to do, just like he did in the fiery furnace, he wants to quiet your spirit. And Sar Shalom will be present with you so that you will weather the storm complete in him. I find it interesting. Sar Shalom showed up, but the fire kept going. <laughs> It was all around them, but it didn't singe them. It didn't burn them. It didn't defeat them. It didn't destroy them until it came the time of deliverance when they were brought out of the fiery furnace. And that's when everybody started saying, well, we're going to have to worship God. Nebuchadnezzar at that point changed his mind on everything. He said, well, we're not going to worship the image anymore. You guys, you're whatever you've got is more powerful than that. So I'm issuing a new edict today. Everyone worships the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. All of a sudden, everything changed immediately. Why? It's because some people trusted in Sar Shalom. They weren't going to give up. Might you be those people for your family, for your business, for your nation today? Isaiah chapter 9, verse 7, which is the second verse of this prophecy that I shared with you earlier. It says, and of the greatness of his government and peace, which is shalom, there will be no end. No end means no end. That means see, he rules and reigns in our hearts right now. So our shalom is here in us right now. Later in the millennium, he's actually going to come back to this earth and he's going to establish his kingdom on this earth. So who's your sar? <laughs> May sar shalom rule in your heart 
now and forever because one day he's going to rule, Sar Shalom will rule in this world. This is all accomplished through the crucifixion of Jesus. You see, he came into this world to bring about this whole new era. And now, and now we're at this wonderful new point where the rulership, the rulership of Christ is made real through his blood. Today we're going to participate in Holy Communion and we're going to do it in a very unique way here in just a second, but as you came in, most likely you were served communion elements. If you're part of the e-community, I want you to experience communion because we're going to take what God spoke to us in this message. We're going to make it practical during communion. But if you did not receive communion elements on your way in, uh, the ushers have some right now, and they're, they like to get these to you. But for some reason, I know sometimes people come in from through strange doors or whatever. They miss you or you get missed. But I want you just to lift your hand because I don't want anybody to be left out of that. So just lift your hand high. There are several who are around. You just need to keep your hands up until everyone has been served. Just keep your hands up, ushers. Thank you guys so much for, for helping us with that. Just keep those hands up. Um, but what I'm going to ask us to do, and again, if you're a part of the e-community, please go ahead and get your elements prepared as well, because now's a great time to do that. But as you're, as you're doing this, and it does, again, it doesn't matter what you have. It's, it doesn't have to be a specific type of juice or bread or anything like that. Just get something, because I want you to do communion with me. But today, this is what we call our family communion service. And family communion service is about families doing communion together. Now, it's a tradition in my home. This is something that, that we introduced into my home uh, at, that I've added to my dad's traditions, but we also do communion in our home at Christmas. And we'll be doing that this week. I'm looking forward to it. But I want us to do communion in a family way today. Some of you, you're here together. You're maybe here with friends. You, maybe you're here with, with your family. Possibly you're, you're, uh, you're, you're here alone. And and that doesn't matter because the truth is we are all family. So in just a second, I'm going to ask us to kind of cluster with families. And if you have to move chairs around, you know, move chairs around if you need to go and stand in, in, in a certain place here in the auditorium, go and move around so that you're comfortable to, to, to do communion together. You can do that. If you're here and you're single and, and you're, you don't, you're, you're just by yourself and you don't have anybody else with you, well, just look around and find someone else because I don't want anyone else to be alone. In fact, I'm going to ask elders uh, if you will help make sure that nobody's alone, help match people up if you'll do that here in just a moment. But and I'm going to have my family, the, my family who's present, I'm going to have them come and join me on the platform as well as we share communion together. But I want you to understand that Sar Shalom is made possible through a great, great price. It's not something that came easy. Jesus gave his body. His body was crucified, nailed to the cross, there are two elements in the communion. There's the bread, the little wafer, which is in the top of this thing. And then there's the juice, which represents the, the blood of Jesus. The bread represents the body of Christ. And we do this so that we will never forget the price that he paid so that we could have Sar Shalom over our lives. And as we partake of this in just a moment, we're going to confess. We're, and I'll have it on the screens. So you'll be able to see it through the community as well. But just some words, I'm going to have us say it out loud. Thank you, Sar Shalom, my Prince of Peace. We'll say it together. Thank you, Sar Shalom, my Captain of Completeness. 
because there is power in what we say. You might feel foolish saying it out loud, but don't. You, because something is going to break. I've been praying since earlier this morning that something will break in various ones of your lives, even as you say certain elements of this. There needs to be a breaking because the enemy has had his hold on maybe a certain area of your life. Like you're just not well off. Things aren't well. He is the ruler of your welfare. He is your Sar Shalom. And begin to declare these things. I just finished a series on the power of words and the power of words. It's words are so potent. We really miss out on how powerful they really are. And when we speak those words, we release that life. We release that into our homes and our families and into our own individual lives. And I want that for you today. I want that for you today. So some of you may say, man, I don't know, but, but it's possible you even have a family member that, I, that you just need to FaceTime or something like that. Yeah, we can use technology. You can do whatever you'd like. But if there are people that you need to pull into this, pull them in now. Or tell them to tune in to the live stream because Sar Shalom is about to become real in your hearts like never before. And that's my heart. That's my prayer for this Christmas. The Prince of Peace will rule and reign in your lives. Before we go into communion, if you're not in right relationship with Jesus Christ, well, you need to be before we move forward. You need to be. We shouldn't take communion just out of some type of a religious uh, routine. No, we do it because of what Christ did for us. And if you've not experienced the life-changing power of the blood of Jesus, if your sins are not forgiven, there's sin in your life, now's the time to see that cleaned up. Now's the time to see that cleansed. And I want that to happen for you. So will you, will you just please, if that's you today, will you just pray with me right now? Lord Jesus, I give you my heart. And I give you my life. Please forgive me of my sins. Wash me clean. Let me move forward in my life as the, with you as the Lord of my life as never before. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. As we move into this time of communion, uh, I'd like for... I like, you guys, can you guys play some music or something real quick here? Just put on some music behind, because I told them I didn't want any band up here or anything, because I want you guys just to be, uh, I want families to be able to be together. And I'm going to ask you just to take a couple seconds here and do something totally different. And we, can we open up the doors to the foyer also? I'd like those doors open, and, and that way if you want to even go out in the foyer and, and sit around a table or something like that, whatever's going to work well for you, let's do that as well. But, but uh, service is not over. What we're doing is we're actually going to spend time together as family. So will you take just a minute and cluster with your family? And I'm going to invite my family who's present in this service today to please come and join me on the platform as well. Bring your elements, and we're going to just take a couple minutes. Move chairs around. It's okay if the rows get all broken up. It doesn't matter. This is family. This is home. We're going to take a few minutes. We're going to worship together. And I'm going to lead you in communion. So as soon as you get into your cluster, we'll start here in just a second. Oh, I love all the movement in the room. It's great. We're going to do this together.
Awesome. Well, we're going to start. And in the beauty of this moment, I'm going to ask you to share communion with your family together. First of all, I'm going to ask that someone just in each group just pray a prayer of blessing over these next couple of minutes. Just appoint someone or someone who's in charge of your family, pray a prayer of blessing. I'm going to turn my mock off and do the same with my family. Man, thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. I'd like for you to take the bread, the body of Christ. Will you just take it in your hand and and it just you can just even just look at it and think of it. When you see this bread, think of Jesus Christ who gave everything so we could have him, Sar Shalom. And will you say these words with me? Say, Thank you, Sar Shalom my Prince of Peace. Thank you, Sar Shalom. My Captain of Completeness. Thank you, Sar Shalom. My Ruler of Welfare. Thank you, Sar Shalom. My Commander of Health. Thank you, Sar Shalom. My Governor of Success. Thank you, Sar Shalom. My Overseer of prosperity. Thank you, Jesus, for your body that was broken for us. We do this in remembrance of you with gratitude. We bless your name in Jesus' name. Amen. Please take the body of Christ. God, we also thank you for the cup which is the blood of Jesus which was shed for our sins I pray for the life of God to flow through us healing life forgiveness restoration that Sar Shalom let the blood of Sar Shalom be ours as well we thank you for your blood thank you for your sacrifice and we remember what you did for us in Jesus name amen let's partake blood of Jesus. Amen. Amen. As you guys return to your seats, I'm going to invite Elizabeth and our band and team to come up. I want you to listen to this beautiful, beautiful Christmas song. This song is called Promise of Heaven. And I pray that the words of this song will be massaged deep into your heart over these next few minutes. Let an amazing miracle of God be released in this room. In Jesus' name. Christmas is a time where we focus on Jesus. In fact, one of the things children, all the children have noticed this, our children's workers made a commitment that Everything we teach the kids is going to be about the Christmas story. That's why children have been a part of our service every Sunday. Because 
Nowhere else in our culture is this going to be emphasized except in the church, and that's why you're even here today. Let's not forget what this is about. Let's enjoy the presence of God. Enjoy this song before we close today. this song was probably about eight or nine well, actually has to be longer than that because I was pregnant with one of my boys and my youngest is ten so <laughs> there goes that I can't tell you exactly the date but one of the many kids that I do have um, so what happened was as Christmas season came along and men obviously do not know what this experience is like um, but to have a baby in your womb is pretty incredible. And just to imagine what Mary went through and having, carrying Christ and thinking of that, going, wow. It's already magnificent to begin with just how life is formed. But just to think about Jesus and everything he did just for us. And so, therefore, came the song. For many generations, we were sleeping, awaiting the arrival of one special king. The promise of heaven, no one expected.
nice little underscore for everything that God's spoken to us today. Well, Merry Christmas, guys. Merry Christmas. Did you guys have a good time this week? Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. I want you to have a good time with Sar Shalom right in the center of it all. Can I speak to you that blessing now, which began to prepare people's hearts for Sar Shalom 3,000 years before it, it even happened? 2,000 before it even happened. Come on, let's, I want to speak this over you. God bless you and keep you. God smile on you and gift you. God look you full in the face and make you prosper. That word prosper is shalom. God bless you. Have a wonderful, wonderful Christmas. I love you, church. I look forward to seeing you guys next Sunday. Enjoy your fellowship the rest of the day. Have you discovered your street of influence? Whether it be family, government, business, arts and entertainment, faith, health and vitality, or education, head over to culturalstreets.com and discover your street today.